Please turn to Psalm 113. Psalm 113. This is a psalm of exhortation to praise the Lord for his greatness and for his condescending goodness to the sons of men. Psalm 113. Please follow along as I read the psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful Mother of children, praise ye the Lord. Amen. This psalm is one of ten that begin with these first four words, praise ye the Lord. This is a call from Jehovah, the God of heaven, to all the peoples of the earth to sing forth his praise. We are not to praise any other, but only Jehovah. Praise ye the Lord. Praise is an expression of high approval and strong admiration. Praise means to exalt, to worship, to commend, or to acclaim someone. Praise means to express one's esteem of a person for his virtues or accomplishments. Praise is highly important to our God, the great Jehovah. The Lord God of heaven wants to be praised. The psalmist repeated himself several times in Psalm 107 when he wrote, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Exclamation mark. How much do you praise the Lord, Jehovah, each day? His praise ought to be a top priority in your life. In that second part of the first verse, praise, O ye servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Notice the repetition of this first verse. He seemed to be repeating himself several times over. The psalmist, by the inspiration of the Almighty, is not just repeating himself because he has nothing else to say. The Lord God of heaven wants you to take note. He loves praise, is worthy of all praise, and wants his praise to continually be in your mouth, as he states in Psalm 34. The servants of the Lord spoken of in this verse may very well be referring to the trained Levites who continuously sang to the Lord in those days in the courts of the Lord's house. May we be like them by regularly and often voicing our praise to the Lord Jehovah. Amen. Verse 2, blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. 
While praising the Lord aloud, we should also bless him in the silence of our hearts, wishing glory to his name. Blessed means worthy of profound respect and worship. Truly the name of the Lord is worthy of our greatest worship and reverence forever. Verse 3, from the rising of the sun under the going down the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Even as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, and even as the sun rises in the morning and sets in the evening, so the praise of the God of heaven should be heard in all places and at all times. And while the goodness of our God falls upon many, who do not acknowledge him as they ought, let us determine, as long as he gives us life and breath, to praise him joyfully with all our hearts for who he is and what he has done for us. May we sanctify each day with praise to his glorious name. Verse 4, The Lord is high above all nations. This is praise to the Lord. The Lord sits high above all nations of the earth. He has more power, glory, and wisdom than all nations put together by an infinite degree. He reigns supreme in peaceful splendor far above the noise and strife of the nations. Their rebellion against his authority does not move him or bother him in the least. His power is unlimited. His glory is incomparable. And his wisdom is is unsearchable. And what of the nations? He summed up the nations this way in Isaiah 40. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. And when the Lord gets done reducing the value of the nations and their resources to almost nothing, he concludes by throwing in the towel on the nations altogether. All the nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. Go figure. Amen. Verse 4, the second part of verse 4, and his glory above the heavens. The glory of God is above and beyond what we can measure or comprehend. This is the God that created the worlds for his pleasure and purpose. This is the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity, who fills the heaven and earth with his presence, to whom the earth is but his footstool, and who dwells in a light which no man can approach unto. This is the God who measures out the heavens with a span, and counts and names the trillions of stars by his mighty power. Truly his glory is above the heavens. Verse 5, Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high? This is a glorious statement of fact, complete with exclamation point at the end of verse 6. There is no one to whom the Lord can be compared. The very best, when compared to the Lord, fall far short of his glories, perfections, and power. As Moses wrote about the Lord, Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, 
doing wonders. Amen. In verse 6, we read, Who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. The Lord Jehovah is so great, so glorious, so full of majesty and honor, that he must lower himself to even look upon the vain and pitiful things of this earth. Now we can understand how he would have to humble himself to behold the things in earth, but what about heaven? Is not heaven the very abode of God himself? But even there, we find that, as Eliphaz wrote in the book of Job, the heavens are not clean in his sight. And indeed, even the sinless seraphim must cover their faces and feet in the presence of the thrice holy Jehovah. So we see the glorious Jehovah high and lifted up as he sits on his throne at the pinnacle of power in the universe. He must humble himself to view anything beneath himself. But while the pagans of this world suggest that this great God merely sits and views the peoples of earth from a distance, we know that he willingly condescends to his children of low estate. While he sits high above all, the glorious Jehovah, our Father in heaven, stoops and condescends to his children in need, showering them with mercy and kindness. As the psalmist wrote in Psalm 136, Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. In verses 7 and 8, He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. What an incredible contrast we see in these verses. While the Lord Jehovah is high above all, yet he mercifully reaches down to help the lowly children in need. Some of the most glorious examples of our God's condescension to men and women of low estate were those in the life of our Lord Jesus himself, who was Jehovah in the flesh. Remember the beggar Lazarus. That man had nothing in this world, and he was laid to beg there at the gate of the rich man. He only wanted the scraps that would fall from the rich man's table. And the dogs came and licked his sores. But when he died, the angels took him and laid him in Abraham's bosom. He was a child of God, and the Lord reached down and took him home. Remember blind Bartimaeus. He had heard of Jesus. He knew about Jesus, but Jesus had never come that way until that day. The crowd came by, and blind Bartimaeus asked, what's the noise of this crowd? What does this mean? Oh, that Jesus was coming this way. And he began to cry out, Lord Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They told him to be quiet. Hey, shut up. Don't make that noise. But he cried the more, and the Bible says, a great deal. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the Lord stopped the crowd, called the blind man, and wonderfully healed him. 
and he followed Jesus in the way. Oh, you couldn't, couldn't forget about the woman who was a sinner that came in while Jesus was at lunch there in Simon the Pharisee's house. And as he reclined there eating the meal, she began to kiss his feet, to wipe his feet with her tears, to wipe his feet with her hair, to anoint his feet with ointment. Simon knew that she was a great sinner, and of course so did the Lord, but she was a forgiven sinner. And he forgave her sins that day again and said, Go in peace. What a marvelous condescension by the sinless Son of God for a woman who was a known sinner in that city. And one of my favorites, the Gadarene, he was hopeless. He had no hope whatsoever. He was entirely, entirely overcome by the power of the devil. He could not go to Jesus that day, but Jesus went to him and marvelously, wonderfully called him unto life and threw out the devils and that man was a man rejoicing. He wanted to go with the Lord Jesus Christ yes. that day. But he sent him home to his friends and said, Go home and tell your brethren what great things the Lord hath done for you. Yes. And he told about Jesus in all that area. And all men did marvel. And think with me for a moment about Mary Magdalene. Oh, she was distraught that morning as she saw the empty tomb. And she wondered who had taken her Lord away. And when she saw the gardener, she thought it was the gardener. She asked him, have you taken him away? Where can I find him? But Jesus said, Mary. And, he knew, and she knew that day, that morning, that he was the risen Savior. Amen. Oh, he came, the first person he mentioned, the first person he saw upon his resurrection was Mary. And he came to her personally and individually yes. on that morning. Yes. Oh, these are great examples of how the Lord Jesus the great God of heaven comes down and calls men and blesses men with mercy and grace, individual people. But it is not just these that Jesus touched. He has mercifully reached down and wonderfully saved each one of us by his death for our sins on the cross of Calvary. And not just that, but he has made us kings and priests unto our God. And we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And he has raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Now that is raising up the poor out of the dust and lifting the needy out of the dunghill that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. For these marvelous benefits to us from the Lord, we must praise his name. Verse 9, he maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Don't you remember the ladies of the Old Testament and of the New? Hannah, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Elizabeth, some of the barren women of the Bible that the Lord mercifully reached down and touched. And these were women that had children. The Lord blessed them with children, one or more, in due time. And verse 9 concludes with praise, ye the Lord. We've come full circle in this psalm, back to where we began. Praise ye the Lord. May this psalm challenge us 
and convict us to daily lift our voices in praise to the Lord for his greatness and glory and for the great things that he has done for us. Praise ye the Lord. Amen.